0: Wonderful.
1: All right. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for Roll Up and Die. We'll see you next week. Uh, talk to you later. Thanks, Perfect. guys. <laughs>
0: Thanks,
2: guys. This has been a fistful of Better Game Master Gothnogs. <laughs> what? <laughs> better Game Master <laughs> Gothnogs? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, through an unfortunate transporter accident, we are now one person. Mm. Mm.
0: <laughs> unfortunate? Very fortunate. <laughs>
3: It's August 16th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 18 of Roll Up and Die. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. No so. <laughs>
0: So it's funny because I I listen to your podcast. But this is this is a confession that I have to make and it's going to sound Ooh. terrible and pretentious. There's no way not to. Oh god. I personally on any podcast ever, I don't like the warm-up
1: banter. Oh, that's good. So <laughs> That's good, Tim, because we decided that we're not doing banter today. Really? No, not at all. I'm just fucking with you. Of course, we're doing banter. It's roll up and die. (laughs) That's what we're we're doing doing now. (laughs) Thank you. So, okay. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody, listening to Roll Up and Die, your disgusting, expressive podcast, Uh, RPG podcast. My name is Barker. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. I am Tim with Tabletop Terrors.
2: And I am James with Tabletop Terrors, the larger portion.
0: (laughs) Are you calling yourself fat? I was going to say, not if you've seen the videos. I'm like a James <laughs> and a
3: half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we Ugh. are
1: talking about traps and how to use traps in your adventures and your campaigns and stuff. And um, this topic was brought about by uh, Tim and James from Tabletop Terror. So mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it to you guys to talk about traps, why they're important, how you feel about them, trappy stuff. So go ahead. Well,
0: so to start with, the the recent uh, thing that we have just put out, it's a supplement specifically addressing traps.
1: And we They're did gonna that. shill in the first like two seconds of their bit. They're gonna yeah, oh shill it. their product. It's, okay. We're gonna shill it out.
2: You lobbed <laughs> him a softball to shill. I don't <laughs> know. It's a wiffle ball. I was gonna say it's a wiffle ball. Like, and I, I don't know have a how to mix m- those metaphors uh, anymore, but
0: well it <clears throat> it it turned out that we we wanted to do that because there were a lot of things that we had seen online and even in some of the recent, you know, releases that had come out about traps that, I don't know, like me personally, I just didn't really like the vibe. And I'm going to throw it to James about what we're talking about there.
2: Well, to me, some people get confused because when I was first, like, reading about D&D and, and sort of reading the core books and sort of planning adventures, this was even before I would played, hmm. um, I approached traps like they do in video games, which is, say, like, Baldur's Gate or when I played Neverwinter Nights it's the kind of thing where uh you try to open a door and the trap goes off and so you reload the game and you turn your you know find traps on and then you (laughs) disarm the trap and then you go through you know it's like this thing that catches you by surprise and seems unfair Mm -hmm. and I I had a lot of trouble putting them in games because basically what happens is, is you sort of reach a stalemate with your players where every room they go into they're checking for traps but then the one time they forget is where you actually put the trap, and they feel very betrayed, and it can mm. be dangerous to sort of approach it in the way that you would video games. So, um, not only did Tim and I cover, um, and we can you know discuss a clever way to come up with new traps, but we also talked about how to incorporate traps that um, require a little more role playing and a little more cleverness that uh, goes beyond you know somebody spotting the mechanism and the rogue trying to disarm.
1: And before we get too deep, I just want to say that these guys actually do make really baller supplements. And so if you're listening and you are interested in anything, actually, not just traps, but traps especially, uh, where can they go to check out your shit?
0: So if you go to DriveThruRPG currently, you can just type in Tabletop Terrors, and you'll go to our main page in the search bar of DriveThruRPG. And we've got a few supplements up there now. Uh, That's the best place to go, because then you can kind of pick your poison. And yeah, they're uh,
2: currently pay-what-you-want, so of course you can go and, and take a look and try and prove Barker wrong uh, as far as the, the quality of our PDFs, but we hope that you'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: I like them. <laughs> I like them. I, I mean, I, no, I don't, I don't want to steal. <laughs> wow. They're all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you touch actually upon a good point here. Um, <laughs> the idea that you know, uh, nine out of ten times your players might be like, hey, we check for traps. Oh, there's nothing. Oh, okay. But the one time that they don't check, it's like fucking laser guided uh, darts with poison and balls hit you right in the face. And it's like, oh, <laughs> fuck you. Like, So I mean, you have a good point. Kind of like how, how how much traps is enough? How few is too few? Uh, what what kind of balance are you trying to reach? And uh, go ahead, Alex. Well
3: I, well, I was gonna say we kind of touched on this a little bit when we were talking about building encounters because it's 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 about it making sense, you know. If 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 you have a corridor in a in a some sort of uh, let's say it's a cultist temple that people are walking past all the time, you're not gonna have a pit trap there. It just makes absolutely <laughs> yeah. no sense to have a pit trap in the middle of this corridor. None, zero. Um, so, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I don't use a lot of traps myself for that reason because there to me, there are very few places where they would actually make sense. Uh, so you, you really have to think about why would they trap this? Are, are people going to need to access this regularly? If so, there has to be a relatively simple way around it. So you're not going through 48 steps just so you can get to the library or, or wherever this is. <laughs> and, and, and so... You know, you have to th- really think in context. Does this make sense? And I think if it makes sense, then you're gonna have a much easier time selling it to your to your players.
1: It's like making it making sense in your setting, type of thing. Exactly. Well, yeah, and yeah,
3: not not only in your in your overall setting, but in that particular circumstance.
1: What's an example like?
3: Well, let, let's say let's say you had a, a I don't know a, a library, a cult library, okay. And they had a a special vault that was for the the really important uh, uh, sacred books, that sort of thing. So, you know, only the librarian and maybe a couple other people are are allowed to go in there. And so, you know, there has to be a way to sort of bypass it. Um, But maybe they have some sort of of trap built into the door, a, a rather intricate lock perhaps. Or maybe the lock requires all three keys from you know, three different librarians or something like that. And so they can all go down. They all have to go down together, use their keys simultaneously to open this special vault door, you know. Okay, and cool. if they don't, then, you know, acid drops from the ceiling or whatever. Uh, but you also, again, have to think in terms of, is this going to be something that is going to need to be reset at some point? Obviously, if this is a place they're going to be using regularly, then you're not going to want to drop a big, heavy block that just crushes them because, <laughs> yeah, now now they have to bring work crews in to get that blocks reset. and you know you you're going to want a trap that can either reset itself or
2: uh, or can be refilled or whatever. yeah. and I think another way to sort of consider it is um when you say that when I say the word trap, I mean something like that. But what I could mm. potentially switch that up for in a lot of cases is defense mechanism. Like you said, this is, you know, uh, they're trying to protect yeah. something. And as a PC or in general, as a person, traps are where you should expect them. You know, yeah. so if you see a gem on a pedestal, you're like, all right, there's probably something stopping me from doing that. It's, it's a matter of figuring it out, uh, like out what the mechanism is, not deciding whether or not there should be a trap there. You know, in, in a lot of cases, it'll be obvious because you're probably trying to get somewhere or grab something that you shouldn't be. And you know that somebody's probably going to try to stop you. And
0: if I could <clears throat> kind of jump in on, on what Gothnog was saying, it, it, he's exactly right that if you can add that layer of realism that is, okay, who's resetting this thing? Who's yeah. taking the time and how long does it take? And how easy is it to spot if, it, if it's needing reset? I mean, the thing I'm thinking is we also shouldn't automatically assume that every trap is designed to kill.
3: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I
0: think sometimes that can be an an automatic assumption. So let's take it back to that that, library. What if there are those same books, okay? So we'll we'll just call it, you know, the Book of Vile Darkness is locked away Mm -hmm. in that tome. The three keys open it. But let's take it this way. Any cult member who's stupid enough to think that that book (laughs) is on the shelf, there is a trap and there's a specific book. It's right in view. And there's a trap that essentially sprays you with, say, like s- this, uh, you know, dire skunk spray or something. Where <laughs> See, what you're essentially doing is letting all of your other cohorts let like know that you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. So it's more of a shaming than it is. So imagine if the mm-hmm. PCs <clears throat> fall for something like that. They're trying to go around this dungeon and they keep failing their hide checks because they stink.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think a- another good one, actually, bringing that up is okay. So. This door, say, requires three keys, but uh, it's not immediately obvious. So, you know, you can pick one lock. The door opens just fine. But the problem is that upon going in and and sort of touching this vile book of darkness, you know, removing it from where it goes, the door that's more than, say, five or six steps behind you slams shut and locks. So it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no matter what, we're always going to catch the guy who tried to steal the vile book of darkness, you know, or like you said, the stupid acolyte that goes in and and tries to read it. He's definitely going to be shamed because they're going to find him in there.
3: Yeah. Well, sure. And in, in, in an active environment like that, they're go- they might they'll probably want to question this person, like, how, "What? Do you, why are you here? Why are you after this book? How did exactly. you get in this far? That sort of thing."
1: And keep in mind also the the word traps. Okay, yeah. um, traps in real life are not meant to, in a lot of cases, kill something. They're meant to catch something. Mm-hmm. So, and I, that's something you really don't see in a lot of D anD D games is. A trap whose sole purpose is to capture something alive. Yeah. And w- I, personally, if I'm playing in a game and that happens, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I feel like that's something pretty cool that you can throw into your game right away. You know, traps that are uh, meant to to capture something living.
3: And, and, I- and, of course, there are times when you can have fun with traps in a situation. I mean, Tomb of Horrors is, is one of the classic... Examples oh, of that dude, yeah. where where Aserorak, you know, deliberately created this place to, to torture adventurers, you know, basically. So, I mean, it's not to so say you can't have, you know, kind of a dungeon crawl with traps in it. You know, uh, again, Indi- kind of Indiana Jones style where he's going after the idol and, and uh, you know, he has to try and, and make his way out before he gets either bowled over by a giant rock or shot with arrows or whatever.
0: Right. And, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's funny you say that because with dungeon crawls like that it's it's more fun to not question how is this thing working it's almost like in Mm -hmm. in those certain delves where you're going in it like a meat grinder i like to imagine that if there is a demi lich crazy enough to build this extreme sport dungeon of hey try to make it to me then there are conversely adventurers who are crazy enough to go Yeah. yeah like, that's my Everest. I want to go and try to live through all those crazy traps.
2: Yeah, and to sort of go on what Barker was saying as far as uh, uh, it's not all the time that you see a trap that's meant to trap in the same way. Um, I don't often in games see traps that aren't hidden. You know, the classic like mm-hmm. blade swinging in the hallway. Like, no, this isn't a, a, you know, a check to disable this thing. It's like, no, you have to make an athletics check to not be chopped in half or, yeah, you know, yeah. the sort of like spinning Definitely. blade kind of trap. Which is like, yeah, which is the kind of thing that it makes sense where it is, because obviously they don't want you going through that hallway. But if you're coming from the opposite side or maybe you have a key, you can stop this thing. But really, the better way to get through it is to, you know, jump Mm -hmm. through it, not try and stop these enormous blades.
0: And I want (sighs) to give old Bark Nasty a a shout out, because you, Barker, came up with, (laughs) you came up with one of the traps in our, so I have to shill to give you credit, but. The RPDF.
1: <laughs> what sucks is I was bitching at him for shilling earlier, and then I forgot that I totally helped write their... Yes. <laughs> I did writing
0: for their PDF that, that they were that, shilling. That Damn it. Um The entire supplement goes from the angle that Gothnog kind of talked about right at the beginning, which is we wanted to make traps from the perspective of the trap builders themselves. Mm-hmm, so yeah. the name of the yeah. supplement is The Trap Smiths of Dragon Grin, and it goes through and there's several different individuals who all specialize in certain kinds of traps repairing them resetting them building them designing them for you mm-hmm. so each character has a little blurb and then there's a signature trap that goes along with it and yeah. barker you came up with who the person we call the fisherman yeah who essentially does exactly what you said it's he sets up these malicious little devices that are able to capture people so he sets up petrification traps and entanglement traps and so on so um i want to give barker some credit because not only was that an awesome idea but it really added a lot of depth to the supplement thanks man Mm i
1: I mean look at return of the jedi Uh, oh and and i know that tim and james are not the biggest star wars fans in the world but in the in near the beginning oh my god i just i just said that didn't i i don't want our fans to hate you <laughs> they're gonna go and just dislike all our videos serially sorry. <laughs> no don't do that you would be wrong to do that but
2: uh... we don't
0: dislike star wars we've just never gotten big into it we just no need, exactly exactly we need a careful w-
3: hand to show us the way
2: tim i'm but, leaving you behind but, i played in an edge of the empire game recently and it was fun Oh, oh <laughs> Tim! It's just, an
3: like, it's,
2: just,
3: it's just like barker and batman you know
1: yeah. Oh. No, it's true. Third it's true. in a row. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, we don't have to talk about it.
2: But Batman but it is exists. a master trapsman. No. <laughs>
1: but you're going to talk
0: about it. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about it. But just remember that, listeners. Just think about it for a second. No, we're not talking about it.
1: Oh god. Anyway, the scene of return of the Jedi which Tim hates. It's his least favorite movie of all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in Jabba's palace, there you know, it made me, you know, you, it bears the question like who feeds the rancor? And yeah. what do you feed a freaking rancor, this massive beast in this cage? And it's like, well, you know what? Every once in a while, you know, we have this trap here that we've set up to catch people. To feed our rancor, because sometimes an angry wizard just needs to feed something, or you, you mm-hmm. just got to do like psychological experiments on live specimen, and and you can't kill everything that walks through your your freaking pad. You got to trap it and catch it. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, that came to mind. But
2: to just super show the PDF again, because I thought this was a really cool idea. Is there, uh, if you get it, there is a sort of short story blurb about one of the trapsmiths who is speaking to a wizard who is interested in trapping a beholder, not killing, but trapping. And it's that sort of thing where, you know, where do you get the eye stock of a beholder? You, you could conceivably trap him. How do you do experiments or try and talk to a beholder? Well, you know, you first of all are going to have any trouble killing or trapping it anyway, but that sort of makes this particular trapsmith that specializes in trapping things like beholders really cool. And I just thought that was a yeah. really clever uh, story. It was a lot of fun nice. to write. Who wrote that? Um, I actually wrote most of it. Tim super oh. polished it up. Um, so I came up with part of the idea, but it, it very much got polished up by Tim and probably a little bit by you, Barker. So you
1: think that your idea was clever is what you're saying, I think. Yeah, like it was
2: so cool. Like it was better than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> oh yeah, but the execution
1: the execution fell flat though. His idea
0: was good, but then I had to come in and, and make it come alive.
2: Exactly. He had to do CPR. Cause it died idea, on the table.
0: The idea alone, my friend, <laughs> does not a good supplement make. If you execute it poorly, <clears throat>
3: That is a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just being a jerk. I just, it's my brother. so I... Yeah. <laughs> so can I Your ask? Brothers? Captain, oh yeah, we're brothers. Holy didn't shit. did I say that? Same last can, names?
1: That's, I, I wanted to ask
0: Captain Gothnog a question. Oh, god. Ah, please. Um, so I know you, you, as far as the people that are on the podcast, you've had, had the most at the table experience. And I was wondering if you've seen any sort of patterns or changes in traps or any like, uh, Fads or anything, as you've kind of gone along in your gaming <laughs> career, have you seen it ebb and flow, or what's changed? What's the same?
3: Oh man, well yeah, tra- I mean traps originally were, uh, well, I guess what we'd think of now is like the worst possible case traps, where there was no rhyme or reason to them. I don't know if any of you guys have seen those uh, those old supplements, Grimtooth's traps. There was there was like oh, a half a dozen I've heard of, of, of them. those. Like those yeah, room-sized
0: it, traps and stuff? Yeah,
3: some, some of the most absurd traps you could possibly think of. Some were cool, but for the most part, they were all just these gratuitous sort of uh, party killers, and that, and that's what they were designed to do. In the old days, yeah, we uh, you saw a lot of traps, especially with new GMs because there were no old GMs. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they give you a list of traps. Like, oh, let's put a trap here. We'll put a trap here. We'll put a trap here. And you don't really necessarily think about well, you know, never mind. Why should there be a trap there? Why are there kobolds living next door to a beholder? You know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't come there up. There were in, bigger in, questions uh, at the time. but yeah, I mean, personally, as as I as I went on, uh, things like the ecology of a dungeon, the ecology of a of a setting, and things like traps began to. I needed them to make sense to me, and so uh, I, I don't know if the, I yeah I, I suppose that the the gaming culture as a whole has, has sort of evolved as well in that way where he, people are more sophisticated and they want things, they want their adventures to make sense. They yeah. want to, they want to, they want to buy into it. They don't want, you know, they want to be able to suspend disbelief. That's kind of the point. Right. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Makes sense. And I want to probably do a little personal shilling here, but I'm, I'm reading through the, the questions that people are asking on our roll up and die page. And mm-hmm. some people have brought up the, it's it's it, I mean it's technically a trap, but it's not actually a trap. <clears throat> in the Winds of Circeleene game that I ran, where James uh, was hit by some darts from a flower, and that led to a hallucination that he had. Um, and if you're looking for that game, you can find it on Be a Better Game Master. But uh, I, I I think that that you know traps don't have to be something that a wizard like built in a hallway. To mm-hmm. stop adventurers they can be natural they can be uh self-explanatory in that way uh just watch jumanji
2: exactly and in the same respect um in a uh, one shot that matt click ran uh i believe it was the umber cloaks it was an umber cloaks game um basically these sort of wet worky type assassins um try to break in somewhere you know? yeah and there is a quote-unquote trap uh but it's a trap that he and tim sort of came up with and it was a sentient door that they had to talk to and trick while they had to do a few other things you know they had to sort of pick a lock while somebody held it open while somebody tried to bluff or charm this this door into convincing them that they should open it kind of thing and it's not necessarily a thing that was lethal to the the players you know it may have stopped them from getting where they needed to go but um it wasn't necessarily a trap, but it's what I would... You know, it, it was an obstacle. It was a defense yeah. mechanism, and I could see traps being that way. So in the same way they're not... Uh, they can sometimes be natural. They can, in the very same respect, just be sort of a, a thing that your players come up against that is set to stop them or slow them down. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, there are a lot of different levels of traps. You have the more intricate traps, like, like you were saying, that a wizard sets up to protect his most prized possessions in a vault, and then you have you know the more sort of home alone traps where someone someone <laughs> has set up an axe to be to be triggered when a door is open it just kind of swings down in their face sort of thing. a paint can that
1: swings down yeah
3: like, yeah yeah. marbles <laughs> exactly. feather them yeah I got you Well yeah and that's something that even an adventurer could set up quickly on their own uh, uh, you know just to protect the room that they happen to be resting in so that nothing kind of if anything comes in they're gonna get an axe in the face.
0: Sure, which would <clears throat> act as if nothing else. A, you know, a, a nice alarm. Even if the axe misses, yeah. you're going to hear all that uh, commotion. Um, right. So, what if there's not a rogue in the
1: party? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're all so, dead. Well, as in, it. what if there's what what if there's not someone to check for traps? Not not to
0: check, or what if someone gets just <coughs> stupid lucky, finds the trap, and then there's nobody to disarm it.
3: Hmm. I think a lot of it has more to do with a per, with your personal sort of GMing style. If you're someone who sticks to the mechanics more, then yeah, that that they're going to be screwed if they if they must pick a lock to get through a door, if they must, you know, disarm a trap. Uh, the way I tend to do it is if they come up against something and there's a, there's a there's some kind of trap. If they if they're clever enough to figure out a way around it, then they can figure out a way around it, whether they're whether they have any, you know, specific roguish skills or not. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. give 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 them a chance to to figure out a way to bypass it, and you know, don't don't take that away from them.
0: Yeah, and it's, I like for a couple quick and dirty tricks is exactly what you're saying. Maybe as a as a DM or GM, and the reason why I brought it up is because I saw this. Uh, someone posted this question recently. I don't remember which group it was in, but they were it was they were vexed. They were truly like, well, what do I do? I want to put a trap in there, but there's no rogue, and. Uh. It was it was funny how there were several answers that were just like, well, don't put the trap in there. I was like, what? That's not the right answer. Like, let's use our brains here. So, what if it takes brute strength to open it? If it's a you know perhaps a a trap that crushes the fighter, maybe could or make an arcane element. What if the trigger Hmm. itself is arcane? Yeah. So that it's arcane that maybe triggers something mechanical, so that a savvy enough magic user could find a way to dispel part of it or diffuse the quote-unquote trigger. Mm -hmm. You know, let the players be clever, but try to work in various methods and don't make it like you're saying a, okay, well, if you don't have this diamond-tipped lockpick, you're taking 45d6 to the face, you know. Well, then another...
1: That's that's like saying, oh, we don't have a fighter in the party. Oh, then don't put that combat encounter in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) exactly.
1: Are
2: you kidding me? Well, because in the same respect, and sort of like, you know, uh, Captain Gothnog said, the idea is, especially in 5th edition, I know that in some other editions there were very specific skills uh, based around traps, but technically speaking, if you roll high enough, anybody can find a trap, potentially, with perception. Now, this is partly up to you as a GM to, you know, decide that they'll see this, but in general, anybody can roll a perception check to uh, find a trap or potentially, you know, see how a mechanism works, and furthermore... As far as I know, a lot of different people start with thieves tools. You know, not just uh rogues. I think some of the backgrounds might even come with some. Mm-hmm. So the idea is mm-hmm. the paladin, in the party, could potentially, you know, in the right circumstances, pick a lock. Um yeah. now, the of course, a rogue might be a little more suited to that. But the idea is, again, as the DM or GM, you can put things like that in there, but just keep your party in mind and, and maybe don't make the DC quite as high. You know, don't yeah. make it that special super lock that only the you know the best rogues can pick make it right. a normal lock and a normal door that they can bash the door down but maybe the paladin will give it a try with his you know thieves tools he picked up
3: Well, I mean I've had players just do really creative things they didn't I had a party they didn't have any any rogue and they, and they had to pick a lock it was it wasn't a particularly uh it wasn't particularly trapped but it was a difficult lock and and it was a strong door and they had to get through it and so, what the? Uh, I forget, if it was a wizard or a sorcerer, but they basically just kind of, you know, poured water into the lock, and then used something like ray of frost or something like that to expand, you know, to freeze the water, which expanded it, just broke the lock. That is so I thought, brilliant. Awesome, awesome, it works. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was brilliant. And, and I'm not going to say, ah, no, it didn't work. You, you need a lot. You need a rogue. Sorry. You need a rogue. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> oh, no
2: bummer. There you don't was, have yeah.
3: thieves' tools? yeah <laughs> no, <nope>, that doesn't. <laughs> Give me. There is
2: definitely yeah. that element of sometimes you know if it's clever enough you you've got to accept what they're giving you and, and go yeah. along with it because you know that is a really cool idea and it would hurt as a as a uh, you know <clears throat> viewer or a player or it would pain me personally as a GM to say no that really cool idea you came up with doesn't work even though logically it technically could
3: mm-hmm. yeah. like, no, I don't gonna, think I don't, think, I don't think it's the matter of you you gotta it's like I want to because I, I want the players to to feel that, that that excitement when they figure something out. They came up with, yeah, a, reward a, with something that. awesome. Exactly. Exactly. things exactly. that way in the future. Be, like do yeah. something
1: cool like that. And,
0: and another thing is traps can feel, to me sometimes, they can feel very single player oriented. If, yeah. if it's yeah. You know what I mean? So another idea is to do those multi-layered traps. Like the one that Matt and I kind of came up with for his Umbercloaks game. He had these four guys... Four rogues, essentially. Four, you Mm -hmm. know, umber cloaks of his land of Aranoth. And he's like, what can I do? And we started spitballing because we thought, these guys are going to be tripping over themselves to be the cool rogue here. Yeah. So how do you do that? And don't be afraid to make multi-part traps. Traps Mm -hmm. that first require, okay, you need to do some kind of sleight of hand here to just catch this lever as it's (laughs) turning. All right, now Mm -hmm. you're doing your job. Now the fighter holds the lever with a strength check each turn, while the you know the bard or someone does that charisma check on the sentient door, so that it makes it a party effort where everyone Absolutely. is in, experiencing this trap at once. Uh, that's also a cool trick that I've used a couple of times, so it doesn't just feel like, all right, guys, rogue's gonna crouch by the door. Everyone, uh, just take take five.
1: Stand, stand <laughs> yeah. back. It, it, yeah. It, it, if you think about like any uh. The Legend of Zelda games uh, have some interesting traps in them. And there are some traps where, like, you'll have two buttons, like, on the floor, like, 20 yards away from each other. And they both have to be pressed down in order to open this gate. Now, in The Legend of Zelda, you can, you know, push a big block onto one of the buttons and it'll push down itself. And then you can stand on the other and then the gate will open or whatever. But use that as inspiration, like multiple things that need to be done simultaneously in order to achieve the objective. And if you have the three members, uh, in your gaming group, like there's no shame in making three things that need mm-hmm. to be done simultaneously in order to open the gate or disarm the trap or whatever.
2: Precisely. Yeah. And, uh, another thing to, to make traps, not necessarily more dangerous, but more interesting is to take out the factor of, um, how much time players have. And Mm, again, this is going to, it's going to sound very obvious, but what if they're, you know, the PCs are fighting in a room that has traps, whether they know it or not. Um, And uh, Tim and I, we didn't get to implement this sort of uh, idea. And of course it it may come up eventually, but there were uh, these traps on like stairs up, you know, uh, going in this area where the trap would spring out of the wall and, you know, grab a player And the sort of chains or whatever it was that came out would, um, you know, after, say, constricting the player and slowing them down, fighting whatever else they were fighting, would then, you know, sort of slink off of them and become a creature they had to fight. So it's the kind of thing where they're fighting a lot of different things, but the PCs have to be careful to avoid, you know, things coming out of the walls and other obstacles while fighting. And it makes the combat more dynamic and the traps a little more um, interesting rather than, okay, let's take 10 minutes and figure Mm -hmm. out how to do this.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's I, I, that uh, reminds me of something. A good point though is that having, uh, having traps where you have a definitive time to solve it is uh, can be exciting as well. And uh, again, no, do you cl- mean like ten minutes in game, or do you mean like you have three rounds? Well, it depends how you want to run it. I mean, okay. if if you want to have it in in real time in game. You know, you could do something like that. You could have, I've seen GMs use like a little hourglass with you know a egg timer. They flip oh, over, God, and yeah. you've got this amount of time to solve it. And so, you know, like the ceiling is 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 lowering, and and grrr, you're grinding, and you're trying to yeah. solve this puzzle in the wall. You know that sort of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, th- those kind of those kind of traps are really exciting and can really invigorate a game versus. You touched the okay, a twenty d six fireball explodes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> Tim, you can. You're gonna be. You're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about in the provokers game that Matt Click runs on a fistful of dice. Recently, in one of his last sessions, you know, I think three Matt sessions who? ago. Yeah, who's this? Who's this guy? Matt? Who? <laughs> Matt? 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 Click? Uh, he, Matt Klik, he did a, a thing where we were in a combat encounter in an elevator and the elevator got disconnected from basically the chain that was hauling it up. And he said, in three rounds, this elevator hits the bottom. Yeah. And it was like, well, crap. And it, that was just like <laughs> the the average, the mean heart rate in the entire group, I felt accelerated by like double. Well, yeah, 18
3: seconds is not a long time to, to take action. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> and he, he allowed us to he allowed us to free fall while it was happening. So he would still give you a little bit of leeway. Like, yeah. okay, you can do your move-ish and an action-ish, Ish. but if falling. you don't get out of the hole in that elevator, you're going to take massive amounts of damage.
2: Exactly. Yep. Suddenly, every action means a lot more. Yep. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I stop acting when my hit points are low. It's like, no, you basically yep. have three rounds. Make it count. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that is cool. And that kind of brings this up. Traps can be, if we look at them, what they are essentially, they cost something. We usually make that hit points. Yeah. So yeah. the thing that they tax, the resource that we have them tax as GMs is usually hit points. Mm-hmm. But it can be time, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if it costs them something else? What, like, let's talk about maybe a. Just spitballing here. Like, what about if you have a trap that Mm -hmm. is a mirror? And the mirror shows everything that the PCs have on them except no weapons. It shows their weapons on the ground. And perhaps they have to match the mirror and, oh, okay, we have to lay our weapons on the ground. But as soon as they do it, it springs open and there are people on the other side. It's like... yeah. Maybe we don't always make it cost them hit points. Maybe mm-hmm. we make it cost them something else. Like what if the key was a spell slot? Stuff like that. Yeah.
3: yeah. Or sanity I, I, or something. I, I, I ran an adventure like that not long ago where where there was a little slot in the wall. They found they found a secret door. But there and there was a slot in the middle and the only thing that would open it is if you is is if you put a uh, a dagger or a sword into it and then it would just be destroyed <laughs> to oh, open wow. the door. What level? So would it? Uh, oh, it's it's pretty high level. It's like uh, oh,
0: so every dagger is a very good dagger, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So they're <clears> all <throat> casting lots. All right, you, pretty much. Put yeah, your sword no, in I'm there. my sword I'm not. in
3: there, no. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> who has crafting? How long do we have in here, DM? Mm-mm-mm. We would like to take four weeks, please, to make a sword.
1: It's like the worst glory hole ever. <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs> so, so I don't can know. the do, do, do... Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> What is ecological? Uh So, do you guys prefer magical traps or mechanical traps, or a hybrid?
0: It depends. It depends on where they are.
2: See, for me, I immediately say mechanical traps because uh, because I don't personally know magic. Some people might not know that about me. Um, I have a lot more of a, an understanding of how mat- or how a mechanical trap would work. So, I feel like mm. immediately my mind would go to. You know, that sort of interesting pressure play. And I could see it like maybe shooting magic or something, but um, that actually, you know, of course you guys can say what your favorite kind of traps are, but I have a question. So because of that, you know, what is a clever way to make sort of an arcane trap not, you know, a little more realistic or a little more interesting than, well, cast dispel magic or, you know, maybe... I don't know. Basically, yeah. you know, with a mechanical trap, you can disarm the mechanism, and as a GM, you can explain what the mechanism is and what it looks like. Yeah. But how do you sort of evoke that same effect with a magical trap?
1: Uh, I, well, as someone who knows magic like myself, I can chime in here. <laughs> yes, you, Noki, and <laughs> uh, man. Yes, uh, I, I actually think um, magical traps are my favorite, and I like it. <sighs> A lot of traps, at least the stereotypical trap, we think of as something that the players are like, okay, well, we got to get past this thing in order to get to the story. And my philosophy is make the trap part of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. Make the make the trap psychologically get into the characters' minds and show them flashbacks or something to really... So, So the players are now saying like, mm. oh, man, this is an awesome trap. We get to know more about the story instead of... Well, that's I guess nice. we got to get through this shit before we, you know, yeah. get back to the game. So,
0: yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> so, that's, what we, about yeah. you, Gothnog? You mechanical man or an arcane man? Uh,
3: you know, I, I really want to be an arcane man, but <laughs> he's a horror I, man. I, yeah, well, yeah, I'm a horror <laughs> right. man. I yeah, I I, I want to be an arcane man, but I definitely lean more towards the mechanical only because I think it's easier for a player to, a player to relate to. You know, yeah. they're, they're again. They're accustomed to seeing like Indiana Jones, where you have the the darts and the and, and the rock and so forth. So, and so I think for them, it's easier to sort of imagine. But I do like complex magical traps as well, and not ones that necessarily has to be disarmed even by, you know, a wizard or a rogue. They can be disarmed by anyone with arcane knowledge. Like you might come to this section in in, in a corridor that is just. Lined with this really intricate, um, almost like a maze of, of arcane symbols that just trace themselves all over the floor and ceiling and, and so forth. They have a faint sort of glow to them. And, you you know, so you know, almost anyone with any, you know, experience at all is going to know that this is a trap of some kind. Yeah. Right. And so now they have to sort of decipher it and then figure out, well, how can we, you know, how can we bypass this? How can we disable it? That sort of thing. What does it do? Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, the short answer is I do, I like mechanical traps because they are, um, they're, I think they're more relatable to the players. They can instill more fear.
2: And yeah, they, they have a sort of built in context.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah. yeah,
3: you're right. There's that, that real world frame of reference
0: of, oh, I know what this does. It crushes people.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what about you,
3: Tim?
0: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheap out and I'm gonna do what he said kind of at the beginning. I like to take mechanical traps and then hand waves thing hand wave things that wouldn't make sense by having magical components. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Mm. Oh, so yeah. you can't have to like do that, yeah. The spikes. Who resets all these spikes? <clears throat> right. Well, it's you know, magnetism, but I don't wanna say magnetism, so it's magnetism. you know. <laughs> it's essentially just like all those little things of like, well, who who resets that? It's like, well, the arcane timer resets that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, you, uh, I have a great example also of a, uh, a magical trap that's also mechanical. It's like 50-50, um, Which, if you're interested in seeing, then you'll have to tune into the Winds of Sir Celine on August 28th. Oh, uh, go to uh, Facebook.com/slash yeah. be a better game master. Check us. it out.
0: I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: You're not he you're not gonna the, check out the winds mean of the Cer- trap. He means the winds of Cer- <laughs> Cer- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I
0: won't be there. I'm not that's crazy. You're gonna try to kill me? Why would I show up?
2: <laughs> Foreshadowing.
1: Maybe I'm just trying to trap you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you are just trying to trap
2: me. Oh I, um, trap. Um, but to to uh, take what Barker said further and, and make a sort of say something that I think is very important when thinking about traps that uh, you mm-hmm. know, myself and maybe a lot of people forget sometimes is mm-hmm. um Barker said that it's a good idea to make them part of the story, and whether you do that the way that he did and you make it a hallucination, and it was one of the coolest traps I've ever you know come up against in a really mm. interesting role play encounter um what you do is you make it so that the trap is you know it's definitely not pass fail, so especially going back yeah. to what Gothnog yeah. said, if you give the players a time limit, you have to make sure that if they don't figure it out in that time, it's not like, all right, well, the door's closed forever so then what, you know? It's yeah, like yeah. it should impose some consequence or potentially uh, either mitigate a consequence or give them some sort of success or let them bypass something yeah. else. But the idea is you want them thinking back, man, if only we had, you know, avoided that trap instead of making it go off, this other part would have been easier. You know, you want it yeah. to, to come up again and to, to have to matter it's not like oh well that was a fireball so we're just going to take a rest here <laughs> yeah. get our hit points exactly. back exactly if a failed
1: right. roll will end the session or the campaign then don't include that roll in there yeah yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. It,
3: it, it's very meta but i agree i yeah. i think that you have to really sort of decide what your goal is with a trap too and like do you want to instill terror do you want to in, do you want to ha- offer role play opportunity like with what you know Barker's sort of trap where it gives you hallucinations or your past, that sort of thing. Right? You know, do you want it to be just more practical, where this is designed to be uh, clever and keep people out? You know, and you have to be clever to get through. Uh, as right. an example of one that, that invokes terror, you want to you want to be as sort of, uh, you know, sort of visceral as possible. And you know, one of, one of the greatest human terrors is being say buried alive. So imagine a room filled, you know, that, where sand is just pouring in, you know, and it's just filling up with sand as, as, you're, as you're trying to figure your way out of this room. You know, that that's going to instill a great deal of, of stress on, on not only the characters, but probably yeah. the players, too, as they yeah. sort of imagine what it would be like to be buried alive. And, of course, you know, a lot of that comes into descriptions, which, uh, like with anything, describing how the trap works or describing what they see is going to go a long way. To getting your your players to sort of feel what their characters are are, are experiencing. Yeah.
1: I would take a drink, but it's already empty, this glass, so
3: <laughs> I'd take <it> wow.
0: <laughs> do you have a bar there, buddy? You do what do you do, refills or how does that
1: work? Do I have a but no it I know the drinking under
0: game, his though. desk it's you <laughs> know. But I'm saying do you yeah, do you have like a kegger? What do you what do you do no, when like, you run out of your glass? Heather <laughs> oh man oh man. Oh wow and, and the, yeah, the divorce trouble, papers <laughs> so um, of but that. Gothnog, what yeah, you're yeah. saying I'm here. what you're saying to me is exactly how you will ensure that your players will never feel like the trap was unfairly sprung upon them yeah mm-hmm. because yeah. the purpose is built into the encounter in the room in other words I know when I feel like, okay, I'm going to try to talk to these guys. So I know a role-play encounter. I know, okay, Mm -hmm. those are some orcs I'm probably going to have to fight. Mm -hmm. The way to really make sure that the trap isn't unfairly sprung upon them where they feel like cheated, like what, is to do exactly what you're saying. When they walk into the room, they know something's not right. Mm -hmm. When the floor shifts and you just hear that... And you see these tiny little on – the, on the corner of every wall, these tiny little, like, ramps go downward, and you see granules of sand just start to drip. As though just maybe an hour before, this was a room full of sand, and those were to go down to empty it, you know? Mm-hmm. Start giving them cues and things that are yeah part of the encounter, part of the description. Yeah. Let them understand, and that is how you'll make sure that, oh, okay, even if we die I- – it was really cool because we felt the terror the whole way through.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a that's a good point too about cues. And again, uh, I, I know going back to Indiana Jones, but in uh, I think it was Last Crusade when uh, when he's going after the Grail, and he start, and they already they already sent in a bunch of people that didn't make it. So he's going through and he's seeing all these decapitated bodies. Yes, <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> this tells exactly. me something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's already spring to traps. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. so you're going into a dungeon and maybe you pass like four or five traps that have been sprung and they are brutal. You oh, see these yeah. guys impaled. You see these guys burned up. You see these guys, you know, all these adventurers. And, uh, you know, it's a mixed blessing because you get the big treasure off them. But other than that... Do we really we have want these, Do we, we really want mutilated bodies? What's that?
1: Do we really want that grail? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, that that's another point too is you have to make sure that the... The, the, the traps don't uh ultimately you know over override your your character your your well your players' desire to uh to find out what's at the end exactly yes dude. Um, but yeah but but adding all these little little clues in is is just is really cool uh like you could even have something really sinister like just a um like a silhouette, a burned silhouette on the wall of a, of a of oh. adventure, just like spread eagle, like, like he was just fried <laughs> on the wall <laughs> and
0: they don't know exactly what caused it, but it's like okay, right, something right. around here did that
3: mm-hmm.
0: and one of, I think it might, I don't want to say my favorite, but it's in the top three of my favorite pieces mm-hmm. of art from all of the new 5th edition books and I think it's in the Dungeon Master's Guide mm. it's the the person kind of reaching towards what looks like this circular trap. Spot, yes, and like, I
3: love that. And one. It's got with a with, all, with all the blood it. on it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that I love that. <laughs> just, I just, I. It's like it's I'll one of those like just those those holes, it. like put your arm in the hole and it's got <laughs> right, right. spikes or something, and it's like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, don't do it. Yeah, and he's reaching towards it,
0: and I'm like, oh, that. I just stop at that page and I kind of look and think. Oh, yeah, and right. yeah. yeah,
1: that might be my favorite piece of art in that, all three of the core books. I love it. It's
3: awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so
1: I, we are bordering on—we're almost to an hour. So I think we should take a question from yeah. our listeners, and we should uh, come up with an idea that they can steal. Um, so first, I'm going to the questions that we have on our Facebook page at Facebook.com/slash Roll Up and Die, and there is—I'm looking for the question with the most likes, and I've got it. So, Yay. Derek W. D. Dub. <laughs> His question is. As a GM, I have found traps. I have found that traps are just a minor mechanical nuisance, and generally players will just constantly make perception checks so that they won't activate them, breaking some of the immersion in the game. What things have you done to combat this? How have you made a trap and its discovery feel more organic? Um hmm. I uh, go. Gothlong, you start us off.
3: What? Well, I mean, obviously we've covered some, and I think the subject we were just talking about having. Having cues like obviously, you know, uh, having having some blood smears in front of this door, or burn marks, or you know, yeah. some, some, some remains left near the front of the door, it's are are, are going to give a huge clue that there's a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and yeah, if you if you don't have any rogues or anyone who who's going to be searching for those sort of things, it doesn't mean that you can't have your your uh, your characters notice something. You know, yeah. Um, maybe they notice uh, a you know kind of a kind of drag marks, or maybe they notice these little pock marks in the wall where previous darts have, have hit the stone and sort of made little chips in it, or something like that. Mm. Give the give the give the. You want to give the 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 character something to go by, because even if they're not rogues, they're not idiots. Yeah, you know, exactly. they're adventurers. They're, they they do this for a living. So unless there's zero level in which case well they're, they're, they 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 should be there they shouldn't be there <laughs> their blood is already smeared <laughs> on the wall they are the ones that's right. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> handprint
0: you're back <laughs> no i was going to say but, the but exact yeah same there's, thing. there's
3: all kinds of clues you can give them that something in here is is uh, is dangerous
1: yeah you know the, there's this whole idea that like okay they're coming up on a trap so Let's the, the first step of a trap is to roll and see if you see the trap. And I, you know, most of the time, I get rid of that and I let the characters know, "Hey guys, it's trap time!" Like and and watch them try to figure out how to disarm it because that's mm-hmm. fun. Uh, yeah. Being surprised by something and being completely owned by something because of a poor die roll or a die roll that didn't yeah. happen is boring and annoying, Definitely. in my opinion. At least most of the time.
3: And, really it makes it makes if they don't have to even roll for. You know, again, if yeah. if 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 they see the, the, these the you see blood stains on the floor in front of this door, chances yeah. are they're going to suspect something's no, wrong and, with and this. And if they don't, it's not your fault. Right, right, well, yeah. yeah. At that but, point, at that point,
2: your your hands are clean. You know? And I, killing, I whatever. the important <laughs> right, part at that point. The important part is to you know when I, um, touching on sort of the other part of his question, it, it sounds as though his players are constantly making checks to make sure, yeah, uh, you know they they don't see something. What I like to do is. In the same way, taking it a step before what you guys are talking about, when you describe a room, you know you give those clues, but the idea is if there are no clues to be given, I mean, you don't give them. Uh, it, it's a very yeah. bad idea, I think, to ever mislead your players into thinking right. there's a trap by giving them sort of erroneous clues um, yep. yeah. because then you're just wasting time because all they're going to do is check for traps and not find any and, oh, and you've yeah. literally just halted the story. Exactly. Um, yeah,
3: I mean, there's something to be said about paranoia. Once they've delved deep enough, and again, I'm thinking of Tomb of Horrors, which, uh, speaking as an old school gamer, was the main reason that every adventurer for the, for 20 years carried a 10 foot pole. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> you know, every time it's you true. generate a character, I, yeah, 10 foot pole. I'm getting one of those. Is that, um, well, is that a dick joke?
0: Crickets. No. No.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> James and I looked at each other, like sort of giggling. We were like, no, don't let him know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't keep it out of the mic. No, See, crickets. What I was thinking is, I was waiting for, I don't know, I was waiting for a response, but I didn't want to sort of, uh, you know, I didn't it's, want to.
1: It just, I watched no. an, an acquisition's incorporated video. That's why the Grinch carries a video. and a half foot pole. He doesn't. Though. No, it's Dude, not addictive. Oh, no, there's an acquisitions incorporated joke where Will Wheaton says. It's D and D. Everyone's got a ten foot pole, and until this point in my life, I thought that was a dick joke.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was a tomb <laughs> of horrors joke. Oh, no,
0: God, that's <laughs> no a, man. That was a worse. big adventurers pack thing. It'd be like yeah. you a ten foot pole for vaulting. <laughs> oh,
3: no, kidding. no, it, it was because because every time because there was so many pits and and traps in tomb of horrors. You just you wanted to poke them in front of you to hope you hope you didn't die. Yeah, but um, but no, there's nothing wrong with 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 the players and characters becoming paranoid after a certain amount of time in a, in a situation, but you don't want to make them paranoid like right off the bat.
2: Exactly. You if, you're, if your players are constantly looking for traps, um, you know, reconsider some of the things you might be saying or... Because like you said, in the Tomb of Horrors, you know, even meta, I know it's nothing but traps. You know what I mean? Even if I yeah, were yeah. to do it right now, it's like, no, I know there's traps, but you have to be careful with yeah. with what you do give your players um, because if you're, you know, constantly giving them clues that there are traps and there aren't any, they're either going to roll in every room yeah. they go in or they're going to miss it and feel cheated so exactly like right. you said mm-hmm. give them something to go on maybe a blood smear or you know a draft they feel or something and then take the dice rolls from there don't yeah. make yeah, the looks- discovery of <clears throat> something weird yeah. the dice roll yeah
0: yeah because yeah, when yeah, you definitely.
2: walk into a room and you know there's a draft you're like hey there's clearly something wrong why don't we investigate it and, and see where uh, it goes from there th- There we'll there's just- three oh go ahead. No, I was gonna say just as an example, yeah, let's let's
3: take this let's take the blood smear. Say they go into a card, and there's a blood smear, it's like they see that. Okay, done. There's no role. Yep. Now, maybe if they want to make an investigation we'll see, well, which direction does the blood smear come from? You know. Exactly. And then they can start kinda of begin to investigate. It's like, Well, why is this blood smear here? You Precisely know, okay. and, yeah. then, and then they can sort of begin to search out and figure out what the hell's going on here. But yeah, don't don't make it just, you know, a a luck of the draw. Because, yeah, like you said, they're going to feel cheated and, and, uh, and you're going to feel bad for an uh, for unnecessary TPK.
0: Nope. Right. <laughs> and, and so there would be, and I'll quickly hit him, but there would be three things that I would mention to Derek specifically. The first one that I've learned from Barker and Matt, and this was my cardinal sin as a DM, <laughs> I was afraid to tell the players too much. Mm. Mm. So I was always trying to describe things cryptically, like, but it's, that's oh, not yeah. the fun. The fun isn't that you don't know what's going on. The fun is that you know what's going on, but you still have to figure out how to respond to it. Mm. Yeah.
3: yeah. So
0: that was one thing. Don't be afraid to say, "Yeah, you see some some there's some carnage here in the hallway. It obviously looks like something that's consistent, so it may be a trap or, you know, an ambush hole, but you definitely know that this is some place that a lot of people die."
3: Yeah. You know?
0: Now, okay, like you said, roll to figure out what and how. Second thing I would mm-hmm. ask Eric is how often are you putting traps in there? Did you cause this right. behavior, right? So is it the you know the guy who is, <clears throat> and I'm not saying this is you, Derek, but like I'll see on Reddit and things. <laughs> You're already
1: insulting our listeners, man. These First guys, guys at,
0: just yeah, the one, Jesus. just
2: the one listener.
0: Derek, Return of the Jedi is a no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just...
2: Batman is a farce. <laughs> Batman is a muscular
0: genius, James. Shut up. It's no. I'm my, but my question is because there are people on Reddit who. They thrive on. And then I made an inverted bag of holding is the doorknob. And when they go to open the door, they get lost forever. And it's like,
2: where's the fun?
0: What? You took the fun away. (laughs) You hurt squirrels? You
1: just gave your players a 10-foot pole right there.
0: 10-foot pole right in the door. And then the third thing, um, and this would kind of be the final point of the whole, like, well, they keep rolling and they keep figuring it out. You are also the GM, and as long as it's relatively fair, have you ever been hit in the face with a basketball? Because I perceive it oh, yeah. half a second before it hits me right in the nose and makes that ringing sound in my ear. It's like I could perceive a gun pointed at me, but that doesn't make the bullet slower. So don't be afraid that when they walk in the room, describe how the trap is going off and give them an opportunity, aside from a saving throw, to react and be smart. Yeah. Make the trap happen, but then allow them the agency to make it not kill them.
1: Yeah, that's amazing advice, actually.
3: Yeah, that that even goes beyond traps, but yeah, definitely for traps, give them, uh, give the player an opportunity to react. Yeah, that that's huge. Also
1: doubled with now, I have this visual of Tim Carney being hit in the face with a basketball.
2: Dude, every time he comes to my house, he falls for it every time. He's like,
0: "Hey Tim, you want this uh, pita bread pizza?" I'm like, oh hey, and then I've turned halfway around and hits me right in the face of the and basketball. It, it's a it trap. makes that
2: <laughs> boom sound, like it makes that sound, like in your I'm like, ah. okay.
1: oh, oh, so. you guys want to make a trap that our listeners
3: can steal? Oh, or? I think we should. All right, sure. Okay. How do you want
0: to do it? Yeah, we could, we could do that. <laughs> I hope hey, wait, so. Now, now,
3: yeah, remember we have four people now, so yeah, I'm, I'm rolling a D4. Take, t-
1: t- t- take that into account. I'm going to be one. Tim, you're number two. James, you're number three. Gothnog, you're number four. I all haven't right. called you Gothnog in so long. Okay, all right. I you know. Go. And that is a two. So, was that Tim? It was me. So, right, do so I just we're, go... Well, we're, go- we're going around. We're going to make one trap. So, okay. what, is, uh, if, what... Start
0: us Where off. is it? Where yeah. is it?
3: Where, where, is, where is it and what is it guarding Yeah.
0: All right. So, first of all, let's go slightly different. I want this to be a trap that a noble person purchases to guard heirlooms. So it's not base. It's not rusted spikes and things. This is in my nice, this is my manor home. Mm. This is what I keep so that rogues and thieves can't, can't steal my possession.
2: This is the Ferrari of traps.
0: Yeah. So we immediately want to go higher level. It's, this isn't your normal, yeah. like, oops, stabbed in the throat.
1: Awesome. Okay. Nice.
0: Cause I just want to take it totally differently.
1: I yeah. like that a lot. Actually. Uh, uh, so we have a trap that's uh, designed, well, not, maybe not designed, but purchased and uh, uh, maintained by someone who's wealthy, which Correct. is different than you see in your average swamp-like mm-hmm. mildew-infested dungeon. So uh, I just rolled a four, so Gothnog,
3: you're next. All right. So keeping with that sort of theme, uh, the uh, the vault where all this uh, uh, these heirlooms are kept is at the bottom of a flight of stairs. The stairs are carpeted they have a lovely uh, uh, sort of deep, rich blue carpet that uh, that goes down the steps. The walls are a blue marble with flecks of silver in it, almost like stars, and it goes down to this uh, this this, uh, this gorgeous uh, wooden door. The door has a, uh, a carved relief of a mermaid, uh, uh, kind of splashing out of the water, and uh, curtain sort of bordering the door. Awesome, awesome. Um...
1: Let me roll you. That's Gothnog again. Nope. And that is Tim again. Nope. And that is Tim again. I was, like, was going to say, I'll throw it oh, to James. Nope, that's me. <laughs> screw okay, you. Yeah, <laughs> screw James, man. I'm next. Nice. Way to, <laughs> way to fudge the rolls there. All that mean, do Dude, you know what? You know what? F you. It's been 17 episodes and no one has ever accused me of fudging these rolls because I don't, and because they can't see me if I did.
0: Well, so. I'm saying fudging a roll counts if you roll eight times to get the result you want. That's no, it. I rolled. I, <laughs> swear to God, I
1: rolled four and two. <laughs> like anyway, I'll hit you in the face with a basket. If you're, I hope.
0: Do you think? Do you think your listeners are gonna know that James and I are just like really tongue in cheek and that we've been kidding this whole time? Or you know <laughs> they're, they're probably going to think a... that we're God yeah. Of course under- they, of course asshole. they have he just he just Good
1: idea. Cricket. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. We just
0: we're trolling. I hope you guys
1: know that. Well, yeah. Listeners. Oh yeah. For, yeah. The, the, listen, yes, they're trolling. Uh, they're never serious. No, no, no. never.
2: Never. <laughs> 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 All that <laughs> advice we gave you about traps <laughs> terrible. So go yeah, on. I'm sorry. Advice. I'm interrupting.
1: Uh, okay. So they're guarding heirlooms. So that means that this person who made this trap wants to occasionally go down and see the heirlooms himself. So it's not like something that you step into this hallway and you die. You know, this is something that this noble, uh, occasionally goes down to take something or grab something or see something or look at something. So, uh, this is going to be the way to get through this trap, the way to, um, not spring this trap is to type in some sort of code uh, or do something very specific. And that thing is um, whatever uh, James is going to say in a minute. But (laughs) if you do not, if you do not do the correct thing, the entire (laughs) corridor, stairs and all seal up and they fill with water because of the mermaid. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's
2: awesome.
0: Very nice. So, James, how nice. do you disarm
2: this trap? So, um, and listen, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I think it's very important that this trap can only be disarmed with an 11-foot pole. If you try to disarm this trap <laughs> with a 10-foot pole, the wind fills with water and you <laughs> die. You immediately get hit in the face with the basketball. The trigger is you immediately get hit
0: in the face, which the mermaid is holding if you really look at the relief.
1: God damn
2: it. So the important part, as you mentioned, like the, the disarm, the disarming of this trap uh, is, of course, directly tied to how you open it. And this is where exactly what Tim said. I feel like we are going to use a hand wave to come up with this mechanism um, because I just I don't imagine a, a digital keypad from, you know, the future yeah. that he types no, no, the numbers. So um, he put, the wizard pulls out his
1: iPhone.
0: He's like, hey, guys, hold on. I got this uh, sink. Hold on. I got to sink it up. Ah, the signal in here is garbage with this mermaid.
2: (laughs) So um, just as a flavor element, uh, if the players are paying attention or whoever is trying to get into this, they will notice that, um, you know, basically that because this is underground, they'll realize that it is below a body of water. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like I said, as a flavor element, that's how it fills Mm -hmm. with water is it's basically they built this thing beneath a lake. But nice. as far as disarming, um, I imagine to open it, it's the kind of thing where you would need to know something that only that person knows. And I feel that this noble person would be vain enough that it, uh, you know, be something like, uh, you know, not necessarily, I, I feel like it could be sort of their greatest secret because they know that even if, you know, uh, upon interrogation, they would never divulge, you know, the, the greatest thing they've ever sort of the, the worst thing they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I feel like disarming it would require either... Basically, having the person there or or, uh, convincing them enough. I guess not torturing. (laughs) In general, people look (laughs) down on that. Uh, I I feel like my... uh, The way I like the trap to work and the disarmament of the trap don't necessarily line up. Um, So I feel like it could be something else like... uh, If somebody gave their, their greatest secret or, you know... Basically, were were willing to utter something absolutely terrible about themselves uh that that this trap could open. Mm. Oh, so it collects Ooh.
0: other people's secrets for blackmailing things.
2: Exactly. I feel like it would be that's nice. actually a really good point because anybody can open it um potentially, you know, with with a terrible enough thing and, and you know, maybe there are other parameters, but the idea yeah. is uh this can then nice. be used against you.
0: Oh what if he whispers his what if he whispers his brother's name into it? I know it's it sounds like I'm gonna I'm setting up a joke, but if you think it does but i'm not no no what if he whispers his brother's name into it or or types it in because he actually uh, murdered his brother to gain the family inheritance yeah. so oh, that's his nice. worst secret exactly yeah so yeah, ma- so right.
3: maybe so you could actually have a riddle above the door then if you're going to just i i i'm yeah. kind of breaking breaking the the model here but to backtrack a bit so maybe there could be a riddle above the door well that, to give that, the players some clue to, you know <laughs> you figure know? out that they have to do that took the life
1: right, of yeah. another the one I yeah. called brother, or something like that. So well, I mean, and, and it's got a rhyme, or else it doesn't count. No, I hear yeah. you, and, and so so maybe that's <laughs> what it
0: is. Maybe it's the thing is that would this noble person also put the, his worst crime on the door? So it's like, yeah, it's it's got to be. So yeah, so yes, the the riddle, but maybe the riddle is something about a secret. Well, let me jump like, in there mm. really quick. He gives you? his secret because yeah, the the thing re- it, it requires your darkest secret. Now that's nice. his, but maybe. The party basically has to utter their secret in front of each other. Okay, And it, I,
2: that's I like
3: great because that, because it's it's something that anyone can get through, and it definitely involves you know you know uh, role play character exposition.
2: Yeah. Nice, I like, and I like again, it. And uh, again, uh, based on what Tim said, it it has a cost, and you know as a bonus, it's a cost that isn't necessarily hit points, yeah. or a money or a weapon. It's like no, oh, it's a
3: very interesting role play. Yeah. You so you, Mark, you, guys, you guys should make the you guys should make a book.
0: We should make a book about we traps. PDF about oh tra- my we should make a supplement that you can get at <laughs> com and t- search tabletop Terrors.
2: That's a, we'll have to do
0: that
1: sometime. That's the most brilliant idea ever.
0: Um, Barker, <laughs> yes. so what I want to know, I want to throw it back to you. How do I disarm it? How do I not give away my greatest secret in front of my worst enemy who has basically you know, gotten me down here, sword to my back? How can I disarm this trap?
1: Um, in the, in the study of this noble is, um, we'll say the, one of the incisor teeth of his brother that he murdered.
3: Oh yes. And
1: it's on a plaque (laughs) on the wall of a mermaid and the mermaid is holding it in her hand on the, on the door, uh, to the kind of heirloom vault there's the mermaid holding out her hand, but there's nothing there. So you disarm oh, it yes. by placing the tooth on that. Nice.
0: There you go. And we will put that in a PDF and have it for sale by midnight.
1: <laughs> Lied, Tim. <laughs> I will not be in the credits. It will say, written by Tim Carney, James Carney, and Fuck Barker. That's what it oh, will wow. say. Yeah. And with special thanks to Captain Gothnog. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is property of tabletop terrors. Any copying is... Punishable yeah. by death, and in
3: parentheses, and, and then they'll come back and sue us for this punishment.
0: Punishable by death <laughs> the face, and then at the, in the parentheses it says, "And who is Matt Click?" <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
3: who the hell is Matt that's on the cover. I thought it was Matt Hill. Now, did I? Did I click? Oh, it's
1: Matt. It, no, it's Matt Hill Click. I believe. Oh, okay. It right? is yeah, Matt Hill Click. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's Which, funny because when he was getting ready for his wedding, he was he was talking about how everything was taking place at Tila's parents' house. Yeah. The hills. So
1: it's funny because he's like, "Yeah, I gotta go
3: over to the, the hills.
1: hills," and it kept sounding like he was going to
3: some
0: <laughs> like a place so, in
1: some mysterious hills somewhere. Yeah. There was there was yeah, one like... time where he said, "All right, guys, I'm gonna run to the hills," and I got an Iron Maiden <laughs> song stuck in my head immediately after. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh, a run to the hills. He's got to
3: run he did for his it life. Lyric by lyric, <laughs> he's gonna give his hell when he gets back here.
1: He's got to <laughs> gain
3: a wife. <laughs> Not crickets. <laughs> Slow oh.
1: clap laughter. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Uh, and, and hopefully,
0: you, you haven't judged Tim and James just on this podcast. Head over to YouTube and see how the depths of our stupidity can get even lower, and then judge at, them. Yeah, and then yeah, judge yeah. us. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's YouTube. We're Tabletop Terror.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Check them at Tabletop Terrors. Check them on Drive Through RPG. Uh, thank you for tuning in for, uh, to Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker. And my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. I am Tim, and I am James. And uh, do you guys want to come up with a sign off like right yeah, now? Just say they'd, something. Sign off. Yeah, they do that. Well, oh, no, we. Our sign off is always no. Uh, may your you dice do... roll high. Oh, may your dice roll high! Come on, come on, come up with a new no, one no, no, right no. now. Come up with a new one yeah. right now. All right, ready? You yeah. ready?
0: Yeah. All right. So it's don't roll up, and may you never die.
1: This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.